Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. I want to turn to John chapter 4, uh, because as I was getting ready this week to talk about covenant membership or covenant partnership, God began to stir a word in my heart that I hope today you will catch. In fact, the more I thought about this, the more I've been praying two things. One, God, may we get it, and two, God, hold me back a little bit, because I feel like in this season in the church, and I'm not just saying community, and if this doesn't apply to you, like a lot of things, just ignore what I'm about to say. But if this resonates with you, I hope that you hear my heart today. Because I think right now, in, within the church, there is a little bit of a spirit of indifference that is falling within the body, if I'm being honest. And so today I want to talk about being satisfied or unsatisfied, and I want to share with you something that Jesus spoke and taught about those moments when we're unsatisfied, and I want, to, I want to speak to some stuff today that I hope will bring a release and a sense of change for those of us that might be feeling a little stuck in our faith, if I can put it that way. I mean, have you ever had a moment in life where you feel like, uh, you know, um, Things are kind of hitting that mundane. You feel like things are a little bit dry. Uh, you know, you feel a little unsatisfied. You know, like just like you feel unsatisfied sometimes with the current Netflix series that you're watching, because I'm sure you've watched a few. You know, I, I know every once in a while I've got two or three going at the same time, and I'll watch a few episodes and then I'll turn it off because I'm like, again, okay, getting tired of this. I want to go to something else. And and it makes sense in this season where we have not a ton to do, and we're trying to do our best to help, you know, get the numbers down and all that kind of stuff. And and so we're. A little bit isolated or not a little bit we are isolated and so you know we're, we feel like our tasks are the same same I don't know about you but my life has been come to church work go home stay home you know go out to the grocery store and so like since things have opened up I've been to the gym uh, I'm so happy at the gym like I'm so happy even if it's 55 minutes and it's painful to try to book a spot but anyways you know like and uh, <laughs> and so you know or going to a store or whatever just to change things up and, you know, a lot of times in life, whether it's with, you know, like I said, a Netflix series or your job or, you know, your typical order at a restaurant, you kind of get bored of the same thing. You know, you get a McDonald's and you're like, ah, I'm tired of ordering the Big Mac meal. Maybe I'll get something else or, you know, whatever. You're not sure what to do. Maybe you're tired of your Starbucks order. You know, your low-fat, no-fat, you know, triple caramel, macchiato, Earl Grey, London Fog. I don't know what it is, whatever your thing is. And we hit those moments in life where things become a little bit of a rut. And they leave us with this sense of, you know, being unsatisfied, we're looking for more, or sometimes, sometimes we're in a place of complete desperation for something different. And, and my question to you today is, have you ever had that experience spiritually? Have you ever had a moment where you felt like your walk with God is in a bit of a rut, where you feel a little bit indifferent, you feel like it's a little bit mundane, you feel like it's a little bit, you know, humdrum, it's just like so-so, it's, it's, it's the status quo. You ever had a moment where you feel like the walking God that you envision is not what, it wa- what you want it to be, it's not alive, it's not vibrant. Maybe, like I said, you're feeling a little bit indifferent to the pursuit of God in a season of isolation where you feel like your hands are tied. Have you ever felt like you're not satisfied and you feel like there's more but you don't know what to do and how to get there? 
I know someone right now is probably watching this, or someone in the rooms right going, Pastor Craig, bite your tongue. That never happens. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. And, and my body is the example of the glorified body when we get to heaven. I'm just saying. Come on. Come on. The, the, the first clue is denial. <laughs> the second thing is we need to be a lot more self-aware because the truth is there are times. And whether it should be or, or shouldn't be is, is irrelevant to be quite honest with you because the reality is that there are moments and there are times in our faith journey where we feel like we get into a bit of a rut or we're indifferent. It's not alive. It's not vibrant. And I know it doesn't make sense because in our heart, in our spirit, when we think about Jesus and we think a life and a pursuit of God should have that vibrancy and that excitement and that, that push and that passion. I've said this so many times over the last number of weeks to you know, some of the staff members talking about if there was anything that, you know, all the years of doing youth ministry, or even now as a lead pastor, the one thing that I will never apologize for is pushing and challenging passion for Jesus. It doesn't mean that I push that to the point where I don't regard discipleship and groundedness and rootedness and good theology 100%, but your passion is what drives you to do what you do. Or to pursue it the way that you pursue it. That's why for me, it's really about digging into the passion that we have for God. And I love this passage in John chapter 4. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all of it. But there's this moment where Jesus is on his way. And he has to go through uh, Samaria. And, and, and again, this is a region that as a rabbi, he is not allowed to be in. The Samaritans were second class. It, the fact that he even walked into this area, he has now tainted himself. And so people would not look upon him well. And he comes across the village of, of Sychar, which is where the, the well of Jacob, a, a, a well that had existed for generations was. And he comes upon this well in the middle of the day. It's hot, it's, it's, you know, and, and it's dry. And so he sees this young woman at the well and she's doing her normal thing. You know, she's there and she's collecting water and, and probably, you know, it probably, she did this a few times a day. You know, and it's probably not just one you know, little bucket. She probably took several buckets to kind of cut down on the trips. And so, you know, when you read this and you study, study this, that her drawing water from this well was a, a hard, difficult task. And then on top of that, she's doing it in the middle of the heat. So she would have been tired and exhausted. And then Jesus comes upon her and he sees her there and he sits down by the well. And Jesus, you know, it's kind of funny because he looks at her and it's almost, you know, with audacity. I can't believe it. Jesus is like, hey, listen, can you give me some water? But the truth is, is that what Jesus wanted to have was a conversation. The water was just the opportunity. And so he looks at this young woman and he says, he says, can you give me some water? And, and, and she's about to respond to him, you know, because she's looking at him. She's like, you don't have a bucket. You don't have anything. And Jesus said, if you knew, verse 10, you know, I, I, I didn't put it up on the screen. I don't know why I forgot it. But verse 10, he said, if you knew who was asking you for water, you would be asking me for living water. If you knew what was available to you, if you understood, if you realized what can be yours today, 
If you could understand what, what is available to you, you wouldn't be drawing from this well every single day, hard out of it, several times a day. You wouldn't be this exhausted because I've got living water for you. She was a bit puzzled, and that's where we pick it up in verse 11. Listen to what she says, because she wasn't still catching on. She says, but sir, and you got to remember, she's freaked out to begin with, because a rabbi, a Jew, is in Samaria, and now this rabbi is talking to her as a woman. This, he has crossed several lines already. But listen to her. She's, she engages Jesus, and she says, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. And this well, boy, it runs really deep. It's been there for generations. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our, ans our ancestor Jacob? Because you got to remember, man, this is, this is the God of, you know, Jacob. Like, this, this, Jacob is a significant figure to the Jewish nation. Do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he? In her mind, it's like, this is incomprehensible. What we have, this is pretty, and she's not catching it yet. And understandably so. But in her mind, she's like, I can't get this. That you would offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoy? And then Jesus replied, anyone who drinks from this well or this water will soon become thirsty again. When all you care about is, listen to me, uh, this is just grabbing my heart. Somebody needs to hear this today. When you are looking to satisfy the natural, you will always be thirsty. In your faith journey, when you're always looking to satisfy what's in the natural, and you're using natural resources around you, which I'll get to in a second, you will always be thirsty. And then Jesus transitions. He's talking about something different. And he says, but those who drink the water I, will, I give will never be thirsty again. In fact, he says, it becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. What Jesus is talking about in this moment is something completely opposite and completely different than what she is experiencing in the moment. What she, he's using this as an illustration. He's like every single day you come to this well and you draw from this water and you do it several times a day and it's hard work. It's difficult, it's challenging, and you're tired, and you're exhausted, and the next day you do it again, and the next day after that you do it again, and the next day after that you do it again, and every single day you experience the same physical emotion. You know, you're tired, you're exhausted, and you're thirsty. You're tired, you're exhausted, and you're thirsty, and you have to work hard at it every single time. The well is deep, that means she's got to throw down that bucket, you know, probably it goes down, I don't know how long it would have taken for that bucket to get down and then to draw it and if it's gone down a long distance now the weight of the bucket who knows how big the bucket of water was but if you've ever carried water the coolest thing about water is when you hold it in your hand it feels like it's nothing but it has such an intense weight to it and here she is and she's constantly trying to pull this bucket up 
And then it's to take it to everyone else that she is responsible for. The flocks, you know, anybody, her brothers, her father, whoever it would have been. And Jesus in this moment, he goes, I'm not talking about the physical wealth. I'm talking about your spirit. I'm talking about your soul. And what I'm talking about is anybody that takes the water that I'm, the living water that I want to give you. What he's talking about is himself. What he's talking about is his presence. What he's talking about, in fact, a lot of scholars say that actually what he is alluding to in this moment is he's actually alluding to the, to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's about to happen in Acts. The living water that in the Greek actually, again, when you look and you study this, it talks about this fullness, this, this, this abundance of the soul that refreshes. And it's so funny, the reason why I switched gears, because last week, you know, I was sitting there in my office and I was, I was thinking about certain words and I was thinking about things like renewal and I was thinking about words like refresh and, and I would just revive and there was just this sense in my spirit that I'm just going, I want to revive, I want to revive, I want to revive, I want, and, and why? Because I really feel like it is so easy at times and, 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 and even if it's not easy, it happens at times where the church or us or as individuals, we, we, we become challenged in our walk with God, maybe we become a little indifferent, maybe we are feeling like it's a little mundane, maybe we feel like it's not alive right now. In fact, to be quite honest with you, this is one of the concerns that when you read amongst all of these other you know, pastors around the nation, around North America, that right now the subtlety of the enemy to try to convince the church that it's okay to be indifferent in your passion and your pursuit of God, and what the enemy is doing is lying to you. Don't worry about it. It's all going to come back. Throughout history, moves of God happens because people pursued it. And God was ready for it. Revival happens when men and women said, I'm going to pray and I'm going to give more in, in my time, in my passion, in my pursuit, because God, I desperately want your kingdom to come. And you might be sitting there right now, you might be alive, you might be sitting there watching this on screen and going, PC, I'm ready to hit the mute, I'm ready to turn it off, that's okay. Go ahead. Because my responsibility today is to share what God's done in my heart. And I'm not, I, you hear my heart today, I'm not angry. I, I, I'm, ch I'm feeling challenged in my own heart because I've felt the experience, the same exact thing like many of you. And it's so understandable in this season. Man, as soon as the gym opened up, I was like, man, I can't wait to be there. And then I got into the gym and I realized, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm going, man, this has not been, COVID has not been kind to me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I'm thinking about all the stuff that I lost. Last two days, man, I could barely walk because I did squats on Friday. I'm in pain. And I didn't even go heavy weight. I thought, you know what, I'm going to go lightweight. Just to stretch it out, get used to it. Next week, I'll add a little bit more and I'll ease into this. I did very little and it hurts. I 
exactly what happens when you lose momentum. It's the same thing spiritually. When we're not, if we don't let our, if, when we let our guard down, listen to my heart today. When we let our guard down, that's where the subtlety of the enemy comes in and says, hey, just wor- don't worry about it until tomorrow. Don't worry about it until next week. Don't, it'll come back. The only way that I'm ever going to get back into the shape that I was pre-COVID, and I've said this since I've been here, because, man, we're always looking for this miraculous moment in the Spirit of God to change everything. When the Scripture is clear, and this moment is exactly the same thing, and I'm going to point another one in a second. Listen to me. Everything that God has for us is based on us responding to the invitation of God. Choice. Choosing. Sometimes you got to break through. And so when I'm walking on that treadmill yesterday, because that was my day to do cardio, and I'm just like, I'm there for 50 minutes just on the treadmill, and I, and I was like, I'm just going to walk. And I was like, no, no, if I'm going to get further ahead, man, I'm going to have to like do some incline stuff. So I started to do the incline, and then decline, and then incline, and decline, and I did that for 50 minutes. Was it fun? Absolutely not. But if I don't make the choice, it's not going to change. And a spirit of indifference or a spirit of feeling like things are, you know, mundane or feeling like it's, it's not enough or it's not alive, it's not vibrancy. I'm not suggesting to you that God is not a part of that. God's just waiting for us to choose, to respond to the invitation. And he's giving this woman an invitation and she may not necessarily understand this. And it goes on a little further talking about worship and, and, and then she began to catch it a little bit more and more. And obviously, you know, on this side of the story, we we have the privilege of all the years looking back and seeing what he really meant and what his intention was. And hear my heart today, what he's talking about is that the passion of God and the invitation of God is, listen, when your soul is weary, when you feel like you need nourishment, come to me. I want to fill you with my spirit. Ephesians talks about that. To be constantly filled with the Spirit. The word filled is ongoing, that constant pouring into your life. Because there's going to come a point where you're drawing out or you're withdrawing or you're letting go or you're putting, you know, you're putting yourself out there, whatever it is, and you're going to empty who you are. But if you're constantly going to the source, if you make sure he's the source, he'll keep filling you back up. But you've got to respond to the invitation. I have to respond to that invitation. I mean, I love what, like I said, the Amplified says it this way. It's up on the screen. But the water that I will give him or her will become like a spring of water, satisfying their thirst for God is what is meant by this, welling up or continually flowing and bubbling up within him or her to eternal life. The message actually says that it's, the best way to describe the well is an artesian well. It is built so that it flows without the need for pressure. You don't have to work to get an artesian well to flow. It just flows. And it's vibrant. And it's a spring. And he's like, listen, if you can catch, if you only knew what I want to give you, if you only knew, you will never thirst no more. You know what that that passage means in the Greek? That you will not painfully want. You won't be 
desperate. And yet, I read those things and I go, but God, there are times where I feel a little indifferent. There are times where I feel like things are not alive. So how is it that you teach this? How is it this to be true? And why am I still feeling at times unsatisfied? Can I give you a couple of reasons? First one is this. Maybe we're drinking from the wrong well. Maybe we're drinking from the wrong well. Do you know, it's interesting when I was studying this that there's a reference. Many believe that Jesus might be alluding to a prophetic word that Jeremiah spoke. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. And he basically says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, the people of God have, have, done, have committed two sins. Two sins. Think about this for a second. Two sins. He said, the first one, they have forsaken me, the Lord. And he specifically says, the spring of living water. And the second sin is that they've dug their, dug their own wells, their own broken wells that cannot hold water. You know, sometimes the reason why the vibrancy in the faith in the water, and listen, can I just hear my heart today? I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you, if I can say it that way. I'm there. I've had that feeling. I, 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 I've had those moments over the last year. I've had those moments over the last, you know, whatever, 35 years that I've been serving Jesus, you know? Like, I, I've had moments where I feel like it's dry. I feel like it's not alive. It's not vibrant. And then I read scripture, and it bothers me, because I'm like, but that's what you said, Jesus. And why isn't it happening to me? And then I realize that Jesus is perfect. Jesus is God. So somewhere along the line, this has nothing to do with Jesus as much as it has to do with me and there's an invitation he's like i'm ready to offer you living water to nourish who you are your soul your spirit your life and maybe just maybe the indifference or that sense i don't know why i keep hitting this indifference thing i I just do. And I feel like God just saying, are you drawing from another well to replenish what can only be satisfied by me? Is it relationships? Is it work? Is it comfort? Is it something that you're watching or listening to? Gotta check our sources. Here's another one. As I was looking at this passage, and, and I'm gonna tell you right now, this is just what I sensed in my heart. I just felt like a word from the Lord. Are you drawing from an old well? And when I looked at the passage, I'm like, well, God, but this well from Jacob has served generation after generation. It's it's a good well. You know, sometimes in our faith journey, this is what the Lord spoke to me and put on my heart, sometimes in the faith journey, we're drawing from our past experiences to supply what we need for today. 
and hear my heart today. One of the great things about experiences in God in the past, that's amazing, that's good, but they are meant to be appreciated and to stir your heart, but they are not meant to feed your soul today. There's a new thing in God every single day. And some of us have a tendency to go back to the old well. And what Jesus was saying is, I've got a new well to pour out into your life. And you're not going to find yourself desperate. But you got to accept the invitation. Here's the other one. And Hillary, I'll ask you to come back. Maybe we don't drink often enough. Maybe we're just waiting till we are thirsty. You know, I, I realize there's a big difference between, you know, wanting something to drink versus something that I'm thirsting for, right? Because thirsty gives you the, uh, the feeling or the sense that you are, are desperate for something. It's like I, I haven't been able to have it. I have no access to it. I, 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 just, I need it. I need it. I need it. there are times where, you know, like throughout the day, because one of the things that I'm mindful of, you know, uh, and you probably have, I know you've heard this before, but, you know, they say a lot of times that your hunger pains that you experience is not actually hunger pains, they're actually your body want, just wants water, right? You know, and course, you know, of course, Health Canada, you know, eight cups of, you know, of water a day, you know, that's what your body needs, and, and honestly, there hardly any of us do eight cups of water, man, like, you ever tried to drink like eight cups of water man like you you'll feel bloated for days i'm just saying right but seriously but they say that consistency is good for your body hmm. consistency in the spirit it's good for your soul. Consistent time with Jesus with no agenda is good for your spirit. Sometimes the reason why we find ourselves, and I'm going to just say this uh, because I'll speak from my own experience, the moments that I find the most wearing in my walk with Jesus is generally because I have not been drinking enough of the wellspring of life who is Jesus, or I'm not spending the time that I should be in the presence of my Savior. See, this is, this is why I never shied away from the whole passion of God thing, passionate pursuit. People get so uneasy when you talk about intimacy in the context of spirituality you know, people get uneasy when they talk about being emotional with God. Oh, I, I don't want to just have an emotional relationship with God. Can you, just, can you just say that phrase one more time? Emotion and relationship in the exact same sentence. See, I don't necessarily want to be emotionally tied up in the relationship that I have with the person that's pumping gas in my car. But when I look at my children, when I look at you, I don't want to see it as a transaction. 
Because that's not the kind of relationship that it is. It's a loving relationship, and therefore it needs to be emotional. Along with grounded in the word and grounded in truth. Don't get me wrong. Trust me. I'm all about the discipleship. But a lot of times we err on the side of discipleship and we just anchor ourselves in and we lose the heart and the relational, the intimacy with Jesus. And he said, listen, I've got living water and I want to pour it out on you and I want to renew you and I want to refresh you and I want to continually fill you up with my spirit because there are going to be moments, whether through ministry, through life, you're going to hit hardship and it's going to suck the life out of you. But I want you to know I've got something that can continually supply all that you need. But you've got to respond to the invitation. I'm so speaking this to myself right now. So I don't even, nobody ever watches this later on this afternoon. I don't even know if it's still going live right now. You may have tuned me out about 30 minutes ago, and that's okay too. I'm sitting in my office and, um, I was thinking about a passage of scripture that Kara had said last week, Revelation 3.20, right? We often use this passage of scripture to relate to salvation, right? Romans Road, it's part of Romans Road, which is kind of funny, Romans Road, and then we use a passage from Revelation. But anyways, I digress. Here's what's interesting about this passage is actually this is a passage where it's a word of the Lord that's going to a church. that became self-sufficient and was just doing their thing. And Jesus actually calls them out. The Lord calls them out for their indifference or being lukewarm. And then the famous words when he says, listen, you've got your eyes caught on all the temples. Behold, I stand at the door of your heart, your spirit, and I knock. Let me in. When you read this passage and you study it, it actually means that Jesus was saying, I stand at the door and I knock for fellowship. I want to be close to you. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.communitychurch.ca